You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. Phone number here is 608-501-0718. If you're a new caller, you go directly to the front of the line, but we don't have any new callers today, so let's get started with Aaron. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Aaron. Uh, what's going on? What's up? Oh, that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> anyways, so, yeah, you guys were talking about the whole, uh, every time you say your name's Ryan, someone says their name, or they're like, oh, Brian? Uh-huh. Well, I know exactly how that feels, because literally every time I go to talk to someone or introduce myself, and I'm like, hey, my name's Aaron. They're like, oh, Eric? Really? No! Huh. Aaron! It's good to know. Not alone. Does N? And <laughs> completely, completely different, completely different sounds. I don't even understand how you can mix those two up, if we're being completely honest. But it happens all the time to the point where it's like if someone gets it right on the first try, I just kind of look at them because I am so used to just correcting people. So do you kind of once in a while do the thing where you emphasize, like, Aaron, where I sometimes will be like, I'm Ryan? Not very often, but sometimes it's like, I don't want to do this. Or like if you're meeting a bunch of people and you just talk to two people and they just called you Brian, or in your case, Eric, do you kind of just hit them up and be like, hey, I'm Aaron, how are you doing today? Because sometimes it gets a little old. That, when I don't have to correct them, it's just like, uh, what the heck? Yeah, what's, what's wrong happen? with you, stupid? Um. Anyways, so I'm going to get my thoughts on training camp okay. so far because... It seems that every single day, Jordan Love is picking it up, and the offense seems to be clicking a little bit better. And that is all you can ask for. Um, and that is super exciting to see. To be clear, this is Tuesday at 8 o'clock in the morning. So no Tuesday camp and no um, today camp has been... Because that would maybe change opinions. And thank you to Big B for giving us the footage. I know I haven't listened to your rant podcast on this yet, but it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. What the heck? Yeah, some loud noise just started happening, and I don't know what that is. But anyways, I'm just going to talk louder to try to make it better. Can't oh, hear it. Oh, there it, it's gone. Um, anyways, so... Hello. I have ADHD, okay. and which is why I didn't call in with my song that i wrote okay. last time i said i was going to um and also i keep get, changing the subject because i honestly don't know what i'm talking about but um yeah uh oh man this is bad uh <laughs> but it's good to see jordan love kind of starting to click with christian watson and uh Jaden Reed is coming alive, and it, it's, I'm just excited to see as the pads keep coming on, as the people keep growing, and Lucas Van Ness looks explosive. Um, it, I'm just excited. Um, anyways, I'm going to stop just going all over the place with my thoughts and let you go. Um, bye. You just reminded me, I think somebody else submitted a song to me that I didn't play yet. I could be wrong, but there might be one more coming. And if there is, if I can remember, it'll be at the end of this episode. Anyways, you know, you just kind of got me thinking. Um, last year, we were all hyped about the defense, right? And if I'm not mistaken, which I could be, there were a ton of reports that the defense was freaking killing it. I don't remember exactly who, but there was just a ton going on with the defense. And we were super excited about it, right? Then there was the joint practices and suddenly this dominant pass rush went to zero like nothing was happening we kind of got embarrassed a little bit is is my recollection that's when it kind of was like oh shoot like what's up what's up with that and then like 
why is our offense losing to a defense that the team that we're playing thinks is like not good and they're able to contain it easily? I bring that up because we, we kind of, we've been doing this for a while now and we're getting the feel of it. And, and to be completely honest, the defense is just miles ahead of the offense right now. The offense did have, I mean, it's not even the, the whole winning thing. I'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast because that's kind of stupid. It's not winning the day. It's winning one competition. I think the offense has been pretty dominant in maybe two, three days. They've been really good, but they just haven't won that one competition. Today, the Packers' offense won. The offense sucked. The offense was garbage. The defense kicked the living crap of the, out of the offense up and down the field, but there was one competition which they basically gift wrap to the offense where they just needed to get a first down that's it you get a first down and the defense has to do push-ups they were able to get a first down and by the way they got a first down by running five out of six plays the only pass was a screen pass today was one of the more depressing days for a packer fan hoping that the offense is going to show up but again with that said we'll get a better understanding of what's going on when we go up against somebody else i don't know maybe our defense is really bad and our offense is just completely useless or maybe this defense is freaking out of control good, and our offense is also quite good, just, you know, it's hard to keep up with this level of defense. If they genuinely are top 10 or top 5 defense or whatever, and I'm not predicting they are, I'm just saying, we're going to start to see something different when we go up against a different team. Now, it's not going to answer all our questions because it's still training camp, it's still practice, and we also don't know what the other team is, but it's going to start to separate some things. If our offense looks better against them than it has for a while, and our defense still looks really good, that's going to answer some questions. And then preseason kind of will answer some questions depending on when and how much our starters play and all that. But, you know, I don't want, I, I already said I don't want to be that guy that's like, well, we'll see when we get to the next phase. I'm enjoying this phase. It's great. But we, we'll just get a little bit more answers. But as of right now, it's been a little concerning for me personally. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to overreact. I'm just saying, as somebody who said this whole time, specifically Jordan Love, but the offense in general, I need to see it, and I need to see it consistently. We have not seen that. It's been pretty rough most of the time. And, and it, it did get better every day, and then it peaked, and then it just fell off. Like, it just no more good days for the offense after that. Especially since the pads have come on. Now, now it's just open season. So, we'll see. I mean, tomorrow could roll around, and the offense just shreds the defense, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. You know, we kind of go uh, ebbs and flows with this whole thing. And how you d d choose to handle that is up to you. I mean, Bears fans are, are masters of putting a positive spin on everything some undrafted free agent nobody picks off justin fields and it's like this guy's legit man he might i mean he he, he probably starts on 28 teams he probably won't on ours because we got so many loaded players but he's legit bro it's like no justin fields threw it and that nobody picked him off because justin fields sucks how about that for being you know more realistic but no we can't do that so be excited the defenses look good um a lot jair's looking great kenny's looking good defensive line interior in particular a lot of positives. Devontae Wyatt, Colby Wood, and Carl Brooks, I would say. I'm, I'm gonna, that's the first thing I'm going to break down is our pass rushers. I want to see who's had the most pressures and run stops and all that stuff. It's going to be really cool to look at. Our defensive ends, Clark Wyatt, Wood, and Brooks, have been solid. But a lot of great stuff from the linebackers. Quay was tearing stuff up today. He had, uh, I don't know if he had a pick or a, or a near pick, but then also he also had, there was almost a completion, but Quay was able to get his hands on it. Again, I can't see it, so I don't know. How amazing it looks. Uh, Eric Wilson had a really good play today. Razul was flying all over the place. I didn't hear Jair's name, which probably means he just locked everybody down. So, yeah, I mean, just just not everything has to be about Jordan Love. We got a, we got a football team that needs to play well, and um, on every play, something bad happens, something good happens. But as long as they keep getting better, like you said, that's kind of the most important thing. Kyle, what's going on, man? Ryan. Hey. Kyle from Madison. What How are you, buddy? Up? So I'm just listening to your rant okay. on Coach Lafleur not, you know, hyping up love. Coach Lafleur not uh, hyping up love. Conference and oh, 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 yeah. I guess whether or not, you know, what 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 the dynamics between everybody is, you know, the reality versus the press conference. I mean, I don't, I, I don't imagine that the that the players put a lot of weight into those. Unless you're a bubble player, you know, if you're a bubble player and you're getting name dropped positively or negatively, I'm sure you, that matriculates down and you hear about that. But if you're one of these starters, I mean, I would, I would imagine that they know where they stand with coach. 
Well, here's the thing. It has less to do with Matt Laf- or Jordan Love being upset by Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur is very honest. Jordan knows exactly how Matt LaFleur feels. They talk all the time. My issue is Jordan Love is getting crucified in the media, and part of that is because of Matt LaFleur. The, I mean, it, it's, it's twofold. Number one, Matt LaFleur is giving them a lot of content to be able to trash Jordan Love because of the words that come out of his mouth. And number two, they have, the, the media can rightly say there's nothing coming out good about this guy. And they're right. Give, give a single s- soundbite. And Matt LaFleur will, will praise everybody. He'll, he'll, he, he's been out there praising all kinds of people. But when asked about Jordan Love, it's, well, you know, whatever. I'm trying to defend Jordan Love to people, and I can't do it because everything they're saying is right. There's nothing positive coming out. Nobody's saying anything positive. Give me something to work with here. This is not a good thing. I mean, and, and, and what is the benefit of this? I mean, he's being very deliberate with what he's saying, and I, I genuinely think it's because he doesn't want to make the expectations too high. Don't worry about it, coach. They're, at, they're, they're through the floor right now. We are in the freaking sewers with expectations for Jordan Love. Nobody thinks the guy can even complete a pass. They think he's a freaking joke. So how about next time you're asked about Jordan Love, you say something even moderately complimentary. Even a little bit. Any freaking thing. I don't think it has anything to do with their personal relationship. It has to do with this is going to wear on him negatively. All the negativity. And then, and then, and, and, and this probably would bother, I mean, it would bother me. If I'm getting murdered by the media, I'm getting murdered by my own fan base, I'm getting murdered by everybody out there, and I got a couple teammates coming to my defense, but then my, my coach goes up to in front of everybody, and the media's like, so what do you think about Jordan? And he just kind of, yeah. Dude, back me up! However, um, if I'm a coach, Lafleur, for example, right? There's only so many buttons you can push uh, on the motivational front as a coach. And if you look at his team since he's been the coach, I mean, you know, what were those buttons? Like, how do you get guys out of bed ready to go to war? Um, I think it, it's probably he's done a great job. But I mean, what what is your motivation? Yeah, we got. Best quarterback in the league. Let's just let's go be great. Uh, everybody expects us to win a Super Bowl. That's tough. That's a tough ask for a coach to motivate in those circumstances. And so now you get this tried and true trope, coaching trope available to you for the first time. And that that trope being it's us against the world. Everyone thinks we're garbage. Let's go show everybody how stupid they are. And I think, like, if you're if you're Coach Lafleur, you want to hang on to that as long as you can, because you know you can get mileage out of that. And we've seen this, you know, an infinite number of times. Coaches get big mileage out of this. So I I would, if I was Lafleur, I would definitely be embracing the, you know, underdog. Nobody believes in us um, narrative as much as possible, uh, and just know what you have. Uh, on the other front, on the wide receiver front, I was just going to say, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, the way the Packers have traditionally done stuff, if Torrey actually ends up number three to start the season. Uh, not that it would necessarily be deserved, but it just loves to bring those rookies along. And I wouldn't be surprised if he starts at three, the number three, and then, you know, by week four or five, Reed doesn't take over that position all right buddy thanks yeah i mean it's entirely possible i I don't think that's going to happen a couple reasons number one i do think things are going to be different i think they're shifting from we're in win now mode so we need all the veterans playing we're we're not going to sit here and baby along these young guys right that's that's not what we're doing we're trying to win today we're not in like grow for the future mode now we are in grow for the future mode this is not win now mode you know they're never going to say that publicly that they're not trying to win but it is going to be a different mentality Secondly, in training camp, I think Reed has been sort of the number three. When there's three wide receivers, that's the trio. So um, I, I I am of the opinion that um, Ture is going to be four. And again, that's basically by default because his only real competition at those positions, in my opinion, are guys that have been injured. And already today, um, if we look at the notes here, and I know you're way behind. I mean, you're, this call was from a few days ago. 
But today uh, we have Valentine pass breakup versus Ture. Valentine another win versus Ture. Valentine goes three for three versus Ture. And then the only other note is Love tried to hit Ture, gave him a decent chance, looked like AJJ might have gotten there early. So I've got four targets for Ture. He didn't get any of them. Dontavian Wicks had one note prior to getting injured. It was on uh, the 26th. Dontavian Wicks doing his best Alan Lazard impression and sealing Rudy Ford on a great block to sprint a nice run. That'll give the kid more looks. Really nice play by the rookie. So he's coming out and establishing himself as a blocker. Then he gets injured. Today is his first day back. I can't read it because it has bad words, but Wicks just broke Thomas's ankles. Holy moly. That's it. Two notes on the guy. And they've been really impressive. So, I mean, he could be three. I think he's four. I think if this keeps up with Samori Ture not super looking great in camp and Tay Wicks continues to just break people's ankles and do all kinds of crazy stuff, I think Samori could be below Tay Wicks. I mean, I, I think Dentavian Wicks is a significantly better football player with a way higher ceiling. I just think he's also underdeveloped and needs some time, but, you know, I don't know. And if Grant DeBose comes back, plus Bo Melton's looking good. You know, there's a lot of other guys that I think have looked better than Samori Ture already, even though I am giving Samori Ture the benefit of the doubt having played already. But, um, yeah, I just I just don't think he's getting the number three job. He might. He might. Maybe they're just pushing Reed in there because they really want to see what they can do and see if they can push him to be ready by week one, and he's just not going to get there, so Samori Ture is going to take over. Either way, it's probably going to be a pretty healthy rotation between the two of them, I would guess. You know, you probably got... Watson and Dobbs will be out there most of the time. And then you'll see some Jaden, you'll see some Ture, you'll see a few of the other guys beyond that. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hey, Ryan. I wanted to call back because I actually remembered what I was going to say. All right. Um, so, anyways. Uh, don't forget it again. Anyways, so watching the Matt LaFleur press conference this like now versus when we had Aaron Rodgers, when he was asked questions about quarterback, Matt Floor used to be kind of like, I don't know, like, ah, he, we have Aaron Rodgers, like, good, and he was kind of was like, kind of passing it up. Whereas, I'm seeing like a change in personality and how he speaks about Jordan Love, you can tell he's harder on this team. And you can just tell, like, the feel is like, I can finally coach this team how I want to coach it. And he said it perfectly in a quote that uh, Aaron Nagler asked, actually. Matt LaFleur had the response of, basically, it's not going to be perfect, but we're going to coach it to be perfect. And you can tell that it's just the way that Matt LaFleur basically kind of backhandedly praises Aaron Rodgers, or not Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. And how he says, like, first and foremost, there's a lot of other guys around him that make this, that make up for it, but then Jordan Love kind of takes an extra step. And so he's giving credit to Jordan Love, but not at the same time. And it's really interesting to see because you can tell that he's, like, trying to not give too much hope to Jordan Love where it's like, dude, you have to work for it, which is actually really incredible to see because that's the kind of coaching that we need. That's the kind of coaching that's going to make Jordan Love take that extra step. Instead of just being constantly told like, oh, you're so good, or dude, get better. It's just like, is that the outwardly facing towards the media? If that's what he's saying about Jordan Love? That's the kind of stuff that Jordan Love is going to need to become that better quarterback. Um, and I'm just really excited to see what Malifleur can get out of him because I think it's going to be good because you can, you can tell that he's just relieved and can finally coach the team the way that he wants it to be coached. And the youth on the team, um, especially after listening to that play callers thing, the podcast is that the youth on the team is going to buy into that player-led team. Unlike where it's, where Rodgers was basically was like, be on my level. Everyone's going to buy into making everyone else better. And I am so excited for that. And you can just tell the difference in how Matt LaFleur communicates. Uh, did you call back in? No, you got cut off at the three-minute mark. Um, 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean clearly that seems to be the message. Matt LaFleur is communicating to us essentially as well as to Jordan Love. It's not good enough. That's that's what it is. I mean, you you're you're not I'm not going to go up there and start singing your praises because the message to you in person as well as publicly is not good enough. You know, it's the whole we have a standard thing. Fair enough. I've expressed my concerns about beating a guy down too much to where his confidence goes through the floor. Not directly, but indirectly, because everybody thinks he is pure garbage. And it would be great if he could at least address that, right? In other words, there were comments made about his comments when he said, lower expectations. He could have clarified at any point, and he didn't do that. If your stance is, I'm not going to overhype the guy because he needs to be better and I want to keep pushing him and whatever, fine. Don't allow your words to be spun into something worse than it is so that people can take that and turn it into whatever. And I get it. Like, it's, it's an old school, like, whatever. Deal with it. Don't listen to the media and you tell them. But they do listen. And you know they listen. And they're feeding off of what you're saying and what you're not saying. So, again, I've said my piece on it. He obviously has a, an idea of the best way to handle things. Maybe he's right insofar as not trying to let Jordan Love get complacent and think that what he's doing is good enough because it isn't. But I just wish there was at least some attention paid. Maybe he has no idea what's going on out there because the coach isn't paying attention, which is entirely possible. Nobody has told him, and he has not noticed, that his quarterback is getting skewered everywhere, is being mocked and ridiculed and laughed at, and uh, some of it is on the back of the head coach's comments. I'm just saying that ain't great. He should. He, I mean, honestly, he should do what Aaron Rodgers has been doing for a while. If somebody takes his quote out of context and tries to do a slam dunk thing, He's going to come around next time because he gets a microphone again. It's going to happen. And what does he do? He makes that guy look like an idiot. Matt LaFleur should make Colin Coward sound like an idiot. It's very, I mean, just dunk on one person. And it could be somewhat passive aggressive as Aaron always did. It doesn't have to be a direct shot at the guy. You can just throw things out like, you know, some people have used my comments to say this, that, or the other. They're not in the locker room. They clearly have no idea what's going on and are just making up nonsense based on bogus headlines. But we're not concerned with those things here. And Jordan isn't concerned with those things here, which probably isn't true, but you just say things like that, you know? We're focused on being great, and none of us are great, and we're focused on getting to that point. It's a process. We're all trying to get to greatness. Anything. Something. Put something, anything out there. Maybe we should have the, the guys in the media set them up for it. You know, like, hey, uh, you know, here's 17 people who have said that Jordan Love is complete garbage and is not even an NFL quarterback based on your comments. What do you have to say about that? Hey! Ryan. Hey. It's Joe the janitor. Going from on. Connecticut. Play How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Well, good. just calling in today. I'm um, having a couple beverages after work with a fellow co-worker. Um, another janitor in the place. His name is uh, Brian. And i uh, got a couple questions for Brian here with me right now. Okay. So, um, first question, Brian. Has, has your name ever been confused with the name Ryan with an R? All the time growing up. All the time. I had to tell them several times to correct them as Brian with a B. They always call me Ryan. <laughs> all right, all right. So there you go, Ryan. People named Brian also have that problem. Another question. Uh, so it's mutual. We hate each other. Fair enough. Um, do you like the Green Bay Packers? No. All right, good answer. <laughs> and uh, third question. What is your beer of choice? PBR. Damn right it is. Go on. Shalom. <laughs> Very nice. I appreciate that, by the way. The uh, PBR is a good one. Uh, Eric, what's going on, player? Hey, Mr. Ryan. It's your biggest fan here, Mr. Serial Entrepreneur, Eric. And, well, looks like starting another business. Okay. Uh, this one is a my own personal gym, my own, uh, hey, my own gym fitness studio. Very good. And kind of a big, uh, long story how I ended up doing this. Fill you in on that sometime if you want. Just let me Definitely, know. Definitely, yeah. But question for you: What is what what equipment, workout equipment, exercise routine, what have you? I know you're. You mentioned your time. Sometimes here and there, you're you're a pretty good fitness guy, uh, workout Was. guy. So proud of you for that. But uh, what what piece of equipment do you think is uh, pertinent? I'm not sure if that's a word or not for for me to have in my gym. So I'm uh, curious. Hear your thoughts on that. We'll, we'll love you guys for next time. Bye. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there's um, a lot of data on what kind of stuff you need, you know, the, the weights to 
uh, elliptical to treadmill ratios and all that. I, I really have no idea. And there's all different kinds of machines that you would need. I generally stuck with... So, so when I was going real hard into it, we're talking like high school, college, I used mostly free weights, but I also hammered the living crap out of my muscles. Probably too much. I wasn't very smart. I was just working very hard at it. So I would work on a muscle and I would beat the crap out of it for a very long time. So I'd go, I went to the gym, I think it was seven days a week, two hours a day, which is too much, but that's what I did. So it would be, you know, bench press, dumbbell press, um, you know, dumbbell flies. Then you go over to the, I don't know what you call the, the bench press machine, go hammer that, do the cable crossovers, do the little uh, fly machine. I did a little bit of everything. Then you go do triceps or something. Same thing. Now, you've already beat the crap out of your triceps doing chest for the last however long, but you just work it until, you know, you've got a very small weight and you can't move it. Again, I'm not advising anyone to do this. This is probably not the right way. I was all like work to failure stuff, which isn't necessarily what you should do. But yeah, I was mostly free weights and then I would move over to the machines just to finish it off. And I very rarely did anything with my legs unless it was machines. I did not want to do any free weights. I just, I was, I was a skipping leg days guy. I, I was all upper body and, and chicken legs. Just didn't like it. It's like eating your vegetables, man. I just didn't, I just didn't do it. So don't ask me. I have no idea, but I would absolutely love to hear how you've got this stuff set up. In fact, since you have successful businesses, I'd be happy to talk with you in general because I don't know how to run one. <laughs> this podcast is kind of like a business sort of thing ish. But anyways, why don't we take a break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support the podcast or hit me up on Venmo at Packernet Podcast. Please remember to check out grassfedcooperative.com. They've got high quality grass fed beef. You can have it delivered directly to your doorstep. Remember to use Packer 10. That's capital P Packer 10. You get 10% off your order. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ryan, Kyle from Madison. Howdy. Hey, so um, out of the blue today, I just started laughing out loud randomly because I was thinking about your cat story from, I don't know, I guess it was in the spring where you, you feed this you feed this uh, kind of feral cat yep. that you've kind of taken a liking to. Yoshi. And then there was a dead one in the street. Oh, yeah. And your kid and your wife <laughs> thought it was the cat. You had to go, like, bury it. And then the cat came back. I, I just, forgot about that. I don't that. know why. I just, started, I just started laughing out loud. That story is freaking hilarious. It's amazing. Just wanted to it? let you know. Uh, another thing, totally random, but I accidentally listened to you on 1.2 speed. Yeah. On Google Podcasts, your last 
your last podcast, and I had I didn't know, and so I was just thinking, like, what, gosh, what is what is he on today? Like, he is really moving. Like, <laughs> did he take something, or is he did he switch to like a espresso? Like, I didn't understand what was going on because it was your solo show. Um, I figured it out though, so uh, I'm glad you're not like on some sort of speed or something. So I'm gonna listen to the next show. On point eight, yeah. Speed, just, just to make up for it. So, there you go. Thanks a lot. Bye. The kids used to do that a few years back. They'd put it on like you know fifty percent or something. It sounds like I'm on drugs and they're cracking up. They thought it was the funniest thing in the world. But yeah, the the quick recap of the cat story. We got a cat that comes around. It's not our cat, but it's basically our cat, which is the perfect kind of pet. We don't have to do anything. We do feed the cat, but it's like he's out all night. He's just he's a party animal. He goes out. He's hunting. He's doing whatever with the other cats that are out there. And then in the morning, you know, we let the dog out and do all that stuff. We open up the back door and he comes strutting in. And he usually just takes a nap because he's tired. He's been out working all night. But he'll come in and he's, he's, you know, I didn't realize cats could be like this, but he just wants to be around you. He loves being pet. He's like rubbing, you know, in between your legs and everything else. Then he gets his water. He gets his food. He takes a nap on a little rug in the kitchen. So we, we love the cat. I get a, a call. My family's in hysterics. Yoshi's dead. The male lady called. They said they found a cat. Somehow it's well known that this is our cat. I've been telling my wife, stop telling people it's our cat because the cat is a nuisance. Nobody likes the cat, but she's scared that if we don't say it's our cat, then they're going to take the cat away. Whatever. I don't know. Already our neighbors hate us. It's just, it's just, you know, I wanted to avoid that, but it is what it is. I'm just kidding. Maybe they don't. I don't know. So the male lady calls and they go out there. It's definitely our cat. I can't believe this. They're, they're just absolutely broken up about it. So they're going out to, I think it was their dad's house and they're bawling their eyes out screaming crying i'm listening to it on the phone so i'm i'm heartbroken about this you know because my kids and my wife are so sad about it and i I like the cat too you know it's sad about the cat and so um mail lady puts the cat in a bag and then puts the bag in a box brings it to our house because now we have to take care of the cat apparently i gotta bury this thing or something so like you gotta be kidding me so i'm sitting there i'm upstairs i'm on the laptop or watching tv or something and it just starts downpouring and i'm like ugh. Man, I got a dead cat splattered in a box outside. It's pouring rain into this bag. Like, it's turning into dead cat soup. Like, this is horrible. So I don't know what... I I think I was going to go outside and... I don't know what I was going to do. Oh, oh, no, no, no. The cat was in a box and I was going to put it in a garbage bag. That's what it was. I was taking a garbage bag outside. So I go outside and there's just a pair of eyes staring at me and I have a freaking heart attack. Because what is this? My first thought was it was like a raccoon that was on the side of the house eating the cat. My second thought was Pet cemetery. The freaking cat came back from the dead. It wasn't dead. Like, it's it's back alive. Like, I'm freaking out. And then I thought, maybe it's a different cat, but no other cats come here. Maybe a cat came to pay its respects. I don't know what's going on. Cat comes around the corner where the light is, so now I can see it. It's not a lion, so we're good there. It's not like a wolf or a coyote. And this cat looks exactly like, our, you know, our freaking cat, Yoshi. So I'm, I, I got a garbage bag, which, first of all, this, this cat has a fear of garbage bags, which is kind of weird. Uh, a box of garbage bags fell on its head. I don't know if that's what traumatized it. I don't think so, because how would it know what's inside the box? I don't know. For whatever reason, when I'm changing the garbage, it has a heart attack. So I'm holding a garbage bag, and I'm, like, leaning in and, like, lurching toward the cat because I'm trying to get a good look at it, and the cat's looking at me like, what the heck is wrong with you? And it's about to take off. Anyways, it's the cat. I bring the cat back inside the house. My, my family's almost home. They're still broken up, and I'm like, there, there's a surprise for you when you get home. You guys are going to love it. It's going to be great. They come in the house, and they're like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, no, no, no. Got to go to the kitchen. My daughter tries to sprint. I'm like, no, no, no. You all have to go together. Go to the kitchen. And uh, my daughter just starts screaming, and there's the cat, and everybody's so happy. And surprisingly, that is not the end of the story. Because <laughs> now we have a dead cat that is somebody else's cat on the side of our house, or just another feral cat. Didn't know what to do about it. <laughs> So I'm I'm downstairs doing the podcast, and my wife's like, I'm going to put the cat in the dumpster, because they're building houses on our street. I'm going to take it down the street and put it in the dumpster. I'm like, okay. And she says, I'm taking the stroller, and I'm like, why? She put the dead cat bag in a stroller and is pushing the cat uh, the, the, the stroller over to the dumpster and then taking the bag and throwing it in the dumpster. So I'm just envisioning my neighbor seeing my wife pushing a baby down to the dumpsters, taking the baby out, throwing it in the dumpster, and nonchalantly walking back. Like, do you understand the optics here, don't you, sweetheart? Like, you understand how bad this is, don't you? <sighs> that is a good story. I appreciate that one. I gotta remind my wife about that. Good times. Ryan, Kyle from Madison again. What's up? Hey, one more take. 
Um, I don't often do this, but I am going to disagree with you <gasps> uh, in regards to negative press as a result of, you know, no, well, for any, for any reason, but it, uh, your case you're making is a lack of these training camp videos, et cetera, resulting in the talking heads of the world having a negative take in the media on Jordan Love. And I guess where I disagree with you is, one, even if Jordan Love is playing out of his mind, 85% of those same talking heads are going to find some stupid point not based in logic or football to criticize him for, just because that's what they do. The Skip Bayless of the world. I mean, how many years was Rodgers? you know, slaying the league, and then you got Bayless and some of these clowns on there every day still killing him. So uh, one doesn't really equal the other. And two... All right. First of all, um, on that point, you're right. However, some would be saying positive stuff. And we're already seeing it because the, the clips that are leaking out that are not supposed to be coming out, PFF, ESPN, all these people are putting it out there. Pat McAfee right now is is right now banging the drum saying... Showing that clip and saying, dude, what if? What if? In fact, let me let me find the clip of what he said. We'll just start it here. It's a nine-minute thing. I don't know exactly where it is, but it's somewhere in here. So again, this is this is all the hype that is starting to generate as a result of like one clip. As we're watching what's take place with Jordan Love from his interviews, from the teammates, what they're saying about him, now from the clips from practice, we got these deep balls from Jordan Love just kind of popping up every single day. You're talking about poise, control, swag, moxie, and f***ing guys. That's Christian Watson. That's first play of the season last year, if you do recall. Yes. Yes. Aaron Rodgers to Christian Watson. Seemingly same exact play, seemingly same exact ball in a much different outcome. Is this cause for you to think... That the Packers is still the kings of the North in all of the downfall that was being wished upon the Packers with the ending of the Aaron Rodgers era after the Brett Favre era football. Mm-hmm. What? Feels like this team is going to be A-OK. Yes. All right, so that's just a piece of it. And by the way, I love the way he phrased that. All the, um, the heck did he say? He said all the downfall that has been wished upon the Packers now that Rodgers has left, because that's exactly what it is. They all want it to be true. And just one clip comes out. And by the way, who gives a crap about one clip? It doesn't mean anything. But the point is, it's all narrative. These people don't need anything. You give them a little something, they turn it into something massive. The point is, though, they've had little somethings of negative, 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 negative coming out, and nothing positive. You let one clip get out, which is not, and that's the thing, the Packers don't want this clip out. If the clip doesn't come out, there's no Pat McAfee, there's no PFF, there's no ESPN putting these clips out talking about Jordan Love's looking pretty good. And you're right, they're still negative. There's a a bunch of guys that are still going to trash them no matter what, but the point is there's no counter-narrative. We want the counter-narrative. We want the debate. We want something to fight back with. And again, Pat McAfee has a massive platform. This is a just a clip of his show, 101,000 views of just this video, which is titled, Will the Packers Still Be Kings of the NFC North with Jordan Love at the Helm? And the only reason this video is out is because that clip got out that was not supposed to get out. So you're right. Some people will say negative things, but we need some people to say positive things. And all it took was one clip, and we've got tons of positive. Can you imagine... If we had positive quotes, and, and, and the Jair quote, who gives a crap what Jair says? I mean, he's just goofing around. He's the best quarterback in the league. They took Some people took that and ran with it. It doesn't take much. It just doesn't take much. But we need something. And they're trying to suppress everything. They don't want these things getting out. And they should try to get these things out. Absolutely. Every good pass, every positive thing. It could be a pick. It could be whatever. The Bears are doing it. You got the Bears social media team pumping stuff out, and the Bears are getting all jacked up about stuff. Packers aren't, and they should. I think these players tune that out. I mean, and just for that reason. (laughs) No, they don't. No, they don't. There is no direct variation between how good I play and what the morons in the media or Twitter or whatever. Look at how they react to these top 100 lists, these top 10 lists, the Madden grades. Look at Devondre Campbell out there fighting with everybody. You all doubted me back then. You said I couldn't do it. Look at me now. They're all list- they all say they don't listen, and there was a time when maybe I believed it that they tuned out the media. They don't anymore. 
There might be some, but they're all on social media. They hear everything. They see everything. They listen to all that stuff. They know exactly what everybody's saying about them. I guarantee you. And so I think, I don't think it affects love at all. Because I don't think he cares. Because I don't. I don't know if it affects him. But I certainly don't want to risk it. I mean, look, at the end of the day, these guys are human beings, right? I mean, how 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 do, how much does it suck when one person trashes you on social media? How much does that bother you? Can you imagine the entire United States of America knows who you are and thinks you're garbage? We're talking millions and millions and millions of people have watched one clip or another of this guy just getting crapped on. And if that was you, how that would make you feel, constantly bringing up you're no good, there's no clips of you, there's your own media, the guys that you talk to, you look them right in the face and do these things, and then they go on their freaking radio shows and say, he's shown nothing, he hasn't done anything. Rob Domofsky saying, like, yeah, he had like, a, he had like one, good th- one good day. Other than that, he's been kind of garbage. And then they come up to you and they smile at you and they're so cordial with you. They're your best buddy and then they trash you on their radio shows. Rob Domofsky goes on ESPN in front of hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people. I don't know. How many people will have watched him on ESPN say, essentially, Jordan Love has been bad this year? I mean, the point is, some people probably can tune it out. But I'm not going to assume it because it takes a massively superhuman person to be able to not be affected by that. Some people might even be affected positively with this I'll show you attitude. But I think it can wear on you. And I think it can wear on you negatively. And I think a lot of people have been. I think that they, they just get broken by some of this stuff. And um, I, I, I just, I, I don't see any reason to push that or make that worse unnecessarily. You know what I mean? Like, this thing is getting out of control. The coach is contributing to it. I, I wouldn't just be like, well, he'll probably be okay. He'll probably be able to handle it. We think he's going to be superhuman, unlike 99.99999% of the population, like me, that can't listen to one comment that he doesn't like without flying off the handles. We think Jordan Love can handle millions of comments and be completely fine. That just feels like a dangerous game to me. I think he's listening because he's smart. <laughs> and, and I don't think uh, athletes... Most athletes, I mean, there's always exceptions, but I think the ones that have figured it out understand um, that that can be a little bit unhealthy. It I think is, when maybe sure. when you establish yourself, you can maybe start trolling a little bit because you know you're good. But I, I don't, I really don't think that that is something that's going to affect how good or how bad Jordan Love is. And that's just my opinion, but I just don't think these guys are paying that much attention to it. Um, sure, you'll get some, you know, a retweet or a reply here or there. Um, but if anything, I think the negative press is fuel, and I, I just don't think it, it matters. All right, thanks. Again, I just I just see it as a dangerous game that's not worth playing. You know what I mean? It, it's just I, I can't sit here and just assume he'll be fine. He'll be able to handle it. It won't have any negative effects. And you're right, some people, it is fuel. Like Aaron Rodgers, I think he hears that stuff, and he just gets infinitely better. But... You know, Jordan Love right now has been beat the crap out of, and it hasn't been good for him in the regular season. It hasn't been good for him in the preseason. It hasn't been good for him in the press. Nothing has been good. Even this offseason, he's got his own media saying he's been dog crap. If he goes out in preseason and doesn't look good, I mean, how many times do you have to do things before you start to doubt yourself? Right? We're going, we're going into multiple years here. If you go out into preseason, you don't look good. If you go out into week one against the Bears... I mean, how many games is it going to take before Jordan starts to feel like, I just don't think I got it, as opposed to building the guy up and, and giving him a little bit more extra fuel so he can make it a couple extra weeks and continue on and, and actually feel like, no, I got this and everything else. I don't know. Maybe he'll be fine. Maybe it doesn't matter. But I, I just, I think as a, you know, um, you ever listen to, uh, I always get Dave and Gordon confused, Dave Ramsey, money guy. I used to listen to him a lot. My wife still does. But he always talks about, you know, credit cards are bad and whatnot. And inevitably, there are a handful of people that are like, I have used credit cards my whole life. I always pay it off in full before, you know, before the end of the month. And so I accrue these points and I have never once paid any, you know, amount of, of debt or, you know, that massive percentage that comes along with credit cards. So it's all benefit for me. 
But here's the thing. Credit card companies are multi, multi, multi-billion dollar businesses. You know why? Because the for every one person that never pays any interest, there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who convince themselves that they'll be responsible, but are not. So if you have a massive platform, as Mr. Ramsey does, and you are to give advice to the masses as opposed to any one individual based on their own characteristics, the right advice to give is don't use credit cards. Don't even say don't use credit cards unless you think you can handle it because most people are going to say they can handle it and they're not going to be able to. And credit cards are depending on that. That's why they tell you like, oh, don't worry about it. Like we got all these programs. You'll be fine. You just pay it off. There's no interest for six months. There's all that, 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 that. They try to convince you you can handle it knowing full well, you ain't going to be able to handle it, boss. So yeah, some people are like, he's an idiot. I've, credit cards are great. I've used it. I accrue all these points. Fine. But he's right to stand up there and talk to the masses and say, just don't play that game because you're going to lose. And you know how I know? Because you're playing against the house. It's like going to Vegas. Don't play. You're going to lose. Well, I, I play all the time and I win. Okay, great. But if you're talking to the masses, don't do it. You know why? Because that casino's bringing in like a freaking trillion dollars. That's profit, bro. This isn't a game of chance. You're set up to lose. That's how this works. So it's the same thing here. Maybe, maybe a certain guy can handle it or not, but if I'm standing here addressing everybody, if I'm the head coach and I'm saying, I don't exactly know, as a policy or a, a, as a team, I want to generate some positive press. And yeah, you're right. You, you, I mean, think about it. Coaches always tell players, don't listen. Don't have a Twitter account, Facebook. Don't, don't listen to it. Why? Because they don't want you to be beat down by it. Yes, yeah, some people will take it as fuel. Some people won't be bothered by it. But as a general rule, they don't want you listening. So I think as a general rule, we should assume players can't handle it. As a general rule, we should assume that negative press is going to be negative for the player. So again, I, I just come at it from the standpoint of let's not pretend everybody can just handle this and be okay with it. You know, I, I mean, again, it's a lot of this for me is about locker room and a lot of locker room stuff. It's what the Lions did perfectly. It was about what? It was about belief. We're playing with fire. Not that we necessarily are the ones saying it or controlling it 100%. But we're certainly making a situation worse where we really want, by we, I mean me, this is not seemingly the, the primary uh, focus of the Green Bay Packers, getting these guys to believe above and beyond what they actually are. That's the exact opposite of what Matt LaFleur seems to want. It's, it's you know, don't get too big of a head. And I'm saying, I, from what I'm seeing across the league, the guys that are come out playing, they think they're Superman. They believe it. As a unit, they think they're unstoppable on offense and they're impenetrable on defense. And that sometimes can propel them to do things that they shouldn't be able to do. And I, you know, it's, it's a difference of opinion, I guess. But I would be fighting back against all of this stuff. And, and again, one video gets out and suddenly it's like, dude, they could win the North. Dude, they could do that. I think that's a good thing. Why play with maybe they can handle bad press and let's focus on, let's use positive press to fuel what it is we're trying to build in this locker room. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the underdog thing will be better. Maybe they'll rally together as a group. Nobody believes them, and they'll they'll come out stronger. I don't know. I just I wouldn't I wouldn't deliberately go down that road if I didn't have to. Hey Brian, my uh my season win total projection prediction is eleven. Okay. Um, you know my the fan of me wants to stay higher. I I feel like we should win more games than that. I guess it's you know the opposite is a lot of variables, but I feel like it, this is how I expect to win a lot more games than that. Um, but I think. Um, you know, um, on top of that, I want to make a second prediction. Okay. Um, in 2020, Justin Herbert set the record for most touchdowns by a QB in their first year as a starter, not as a rookie. First year as a starter, he set it at 31. And 15, he only played 15 games. And my prediction is that Jordan Love is going to beat that number this year. That he is going to set the record for most touchdown passes as a starter. Um, now that, Sounds like it'd be a ringing endorsement, uh, you know, if you hear that stat, but I don't know that it necessarily is because second place is Baker Mayfield with 27 in uh, 2018, and that was only in 13 games. So you got to think if he didn't have a – Yeah, right. I don't know why he didn't play the whole season. If he just uh, wasn't the starter week one or injury or what, but, I mean, if he had a full season, it was like he would have even beat uh, Herbert. And obviously Mayfield's not a terrible quarterback, but also not – he's not him. He is not that guy. Um <laughs> Anyway, um, a couple predictions there for me. Joe Beckham. Yeah, I think you said 31. Um, 
I mean, it's doable. It's 1.8 touchdowns per game, right? So two touchdowns a game, which is it, it is kind of a lot. Um, you know, as as Packer fans, we think about Aaron Rodgers like, dude, he can get four in a game, and uh, you know, no big deal. For for an average quarterback, uh, two a game is is a lot. And um, only three quarterbacks had more than 31 last year. It was Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Pat Mahomes. So it is a big number. Um, is it doable? Yes. I mean, he's got to be obviously healthy the entire year. That is a, I'll call it a prerequisite. Technically, Burrow and Allen only did it in 16. Do playoffs count for that? Because that would obviously help. I don't know. But, I, I mean, obviously I'm going to come in on the under on that, but it is doable. Hey, Ryan. Uh, it's Aaron from Eau Claire. What up? I uh, hope you can hear me. I'm driving on the uh, highway here. Pretty good. But, um... I've just been listening to the coverage of camp and uh, getting really excited about the season. Um, like a lot of callers have said, I'm more excited about the season than I've been in a long time. I kind of feel like the last handful of seasons, you know, it's kind of felt like, well, I've seen this movie before. You know, the Packers have great potential. Everyone's, you know, putting them to have high odds of playing in the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, by all accounts, they probably should. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, everything's coming along until they play that team that kind of crushes them and blows them out and they kind of give up. And then it kind of feels like, all right, well, that's kind of a foretaste of what's to come. That's a <clears throat> foreshadowing of the playoffs because it seems like every year for the last 10 years is kind of ended like that where you know yes you're in you know in the top four to five teams in the conference and you just meet that one team that just out physical kind of out physicals you or whatever the case may be kind of gets in in their head and just demoralizes them and then it's like and it's, it's kind of been the same formula year after year it seems um, think about it like 2014 with the Seahawks they lose the Seahawks in the regular season or going back to 2013 they lose to the 49ers in the regular season and then they lose to them in the playoffs with that I think that was 2013. Then the next year, Seahawks lose to them in the regular season, lose to them in the playoffs. The next year, um, I think it was the Niners again. I can't remember. But point being, maybe it was the Falcons of 16, I think. Well, whatever the case may be, it seems like every year they have that one team that just spanked them, and then in the playoffs, that would eventually spell their demise. And it kind of just started to feel like a formula. I don't know if that would get into the players' heads, like, you know, this team, we just can't overcome this hump. I mean, the 49ers, for goodness sake, how many times have we completely crapped the bed um, against some of the playoffs? He's got another call. Go ahead and do that one. Hey, ran out of time. Uh finishing my thought quickly um yeah so it just I, I it's kind of felt like the same predictable formula to me at least where you get you get that bad feeling every playoff game every time you play that one team that you know kind of has the Packers number I would always just get that pit of the stomach kind of that bad feeling like I just don't feel good about this game. I just don't feel good about yeah. this game. I have hope that they can win, but and in all, in almost all of those games, well, there's a few blowouts, but there's a handful of those games where the Packers actually could have competed, but for whatever reason, I remember there's that one. I think it was a 49ers playoff loss uh, a few years back. And I'd be eager to know if you remember this moment, but I remember there was this one moment where Aaron Rodgers fumbled the ball on a snap, and 
it looked like he just gave up on it, and then the other the other uh, team grabbed it up, and the analysts were just crucifying Aaron Rodgers, going, "Yeah, he looked like he just gave up on the play and wasn't even trying to recover that fumble." And uh, <clears throat> I remember that with a different quarterback in the Super Bowl. Cam Newton, but not specifically with Rodgers, which I probably should remember, but I don't. I, I remember that moment really vividly. can't remember what year that was, but if you remember that, let me let me know. Um, but, it, but it just seemed like something was off, you know, like, I don't know what that was. So I'm, I'm really excited to have a more of a fresh start. It just it feels like from all the accounts of people that have been at training camp and watching the whole thing happen. It just seems like there's sort of a new energy in the air, and I'm really excited about that. Um, also, the I'm, I'm really starting to appreciate more and more how Brian Gutekinds uh, does the draft, how he drafts, you know, athletic uh, prospects and the high degree of athleticism that they bring to the table so that even if they're raw, they have a lot to work with. And it seems like now that there's a little bit more of a competition for some of these roster spots and there's a little bit more of an onus on some of the non-quarterback positions to step up as leaders, it seems like um, that approach is paying off because I'm hearing a lot of good things about some of these late-round picks uh, that are you know, highly athletic but raw and hearing that they're putting things together in training camp and starting to show some flashes of their potential. So I'm just really eager and uh, excited to see where it all goes. Go Pack Go. Yeah, the, um, I mean, that that's definitely a big thing, for, I think, for a lot of us. And, and, you know, some people would probably call it spoiled Packer syndrome or something where we, you just kind of get tired of going down the same path and with the same result over and over again. And you kind of get to the point where you realize it's just not going to happen. Um, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I can't quite get there. But, you know, you, you spend a lot of time building something. And, um, you know, it's, it's almost like a, uh, it's actually a, a decent example. You know how you, you might build like a dresser or something and you do it wrong. And then you get to the stage where you realize you did it wrong and you don't want to have to undo all this stuff because you're going to have to start all the way. So you try to just force it, like see if I can squeeze it in there or fit it in because you're supposed to do this step first. Maybe if I twist my arm and you, you, so we tried for a long time to just make this thing fit. And it just felt like it got to the point where it's like, we're, we're going to have to take this piece off here and kind of, you know, go from step 32 down to step 17 and work our way back because we forgot this step. And again, a lot of people get upset and say, well, you know, obviously we're, we don't have better chances with Jordan Love than Aaron Rodgers. And fine. Yeah, great. And it, you know what? If Aaron Rodgers was going to be here for the next 10 years, it wouldn't be a discussion. The freaking guy retired. He wasn't going to play here. So, you know, either way, yeah, I understand the excitement of it as far as saying, hey, you know, even if we have to take a few steps back, we can kind of get a running start at this and see where we can end up, you know? At the very least, we removed sort of that, that ceiling. Even if it was a faux ceiling, it was never really there. At least it removes the feeling that there is a ceiling. We'll kind of come back at this from a new direction, a new angle, and see if we can get a little bit higher, if we can, if we can make it. It's not even about this year. I know some people can't comprehend that. Everything's about this year. Everything's about this minute. But it's not. It's about rebuilding something. Oh, I know I said the R word. I caught you. It's about rebuilding something in a different way, hoping to get a different result. Or, or even the same result. I, I, I would be more than happy with the same result. Everybody else will piss and moan about it. If you're telling me we get 15 years of Jordan Love, we dominate the NFC North, we were, we're in the playoffs almost every single year, and we get another Super Bowl out of this quarterback, what, am I going to be mad about that? You think that's what most other teams are going to get? In the next 15 years, I think they're going to win? When was the last time the Bears won a Super Bowl? Or Lions? Or Vikings? In the last 15 years, how many do they have? In the last 20 years? In the last 30 years, how many do they have? Zero. 30 years, three teams, zero Super Bowls. You think I won't take one in the next 15? Of course I will. So, let's run it back, baby. Let's find the next Aaron Rodgers and let's go win some more. If it's Jordan, great. If it's not, get another one. Let's let's go. Playoffs. All you got to do is get in the playoffs and then you got a shot. Just, just get in there. That's the first step. Now, the first step is beat the Bears. The next step is to have a winning record slash find a quarterback. From there, get into the playoffs, which winning record almost gets you in the playoffs to begin with. 
and then start beating teams. See if we can get to the Super Bowl. You know, one step at a time. It's going to take some time, but who cares? Get excited. It is exciting. No, we're not going to be good now. <laughs> Cry about it. What are we, the softest fan base in the world? You got you got fans out there that have been rooting for teams that haven't had a winning record in, like, decades. We got Packer fans. <laughs> we might have a losing record. <laughs> Man up, bro. Deal with it. Freaking cry about it. We haven't even had a losing record yet, and already, oh, the screw the coach, screw the GM, screw the owner. You should be embarrassed. You're the worst. Blah, blah. It's like, it isn't even bad yet. 2022 wasn't even bad. We were playing to get into the playoffs in the last game. You think that's bad? Man, I can't even imagine what this fan base is going to be if things actually get bad. Don't get me wrong, this is going to be Rant City on the podcast. But we're still Packer fans. Are you prepared to back the team for the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? No matter what? Or is it either get me Super Bowls or I'm just going to throw temper tantrums all day long? Be patient. Trust the process. We'll get there. Anyways, I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 